We are stepping into our series on the Holy Spirit again. And, um, and really, whenever I think of um, the Holy Spirit as, uh, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, I'm reminded, and although it's a bit controversial, I'm not going to get into it, but of the Shack book and just that relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit talking around um, the kitchen. So whatever your views are on the Shack, um, just um, that relationship, that intimate, sort of close relationship, um, just how um, the Holy Spirit um, just comes. God made Adam and, uh, and the Holy Spirit breathed life. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to breathe life on us so that we can live to the full, so that we can come alive from the inside out. Ben spoke last week about baptismal moments. He was sort of leaning into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and simply allowing the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And he challenged us in our thinking about if we're used to getting our own way, is he getting his way? And what areas of our lives still needed surrendered? And I guess I just want to give a moment just to pause on how have we been doing with that this week? Have we been surrendering more to him? The Holy Spirit is a beautiful gift and we're just learning to receive from him. We just can't earn a gift, can we? We can't work at a gift. We can't do a certain formula to get a gift. A gift is just given. But we can ask. We can ask for more out of a place of hunger. And an expectation, um, as, we, as we learn about our relationship with the Holy Spirit, expectation just plays a big role. We just expect him to, to come. We expect him. Um, and, uh, and being ready. The Bible is just full of, of, of points about being ready. So let's get ready um, for him to come more. I just want to pray before we start. Yeah. We thank you, God, for how you're moving already this morning. We thank you for how you want to communicate just how much you love how much you love your sons and daughters. And wherever they stand this morning, may they just know just a wee glimpse of how much you love them. Amen. So today we are looking at the theme, Come Holy Spirit. We're going to be exploring who he is, why we would want him to come, and how he can really impact our life for the kingdom. And I'm going to tell lots of stories peppered in between, as I often do. Um, but uh, I, I must apologize for any repeated stories. And I sort of felt, actually, even God's just doing something in me. He says, you know, like maybe this is the last time that we're going to be um, telling some of these stories because there's new stories coming. There's new stories coming. So Ben um, sort of shared that within the Vineyard Movement um, in 1980 in Yorba and um, Wimber had invited a guy, Lonnie Frisbee, um, to uh, come and speak as a guest speaker. And uh, at the end of his talk, he prayed a really simple prayer, Come Holy Spirit. And at that moment, it was like heaven broke loose. There were healings, there were salvations, 
Um, people felt they should church plant, um, they should plant churches from it, and there were just thousands in the onset coming to Jesus. But that wasn't the first time that that simple prayer has been prayed. Of course, it just has its roots back to the church fathers and mothers, the first generation to carry the flame of the gospel forward. And so it continues. From ancient times to today, this prayer is a game changer. Lives are just turned upside down. My journey with the Holy Spirit, I think I've shared a little bit, um, but I'll share again. Um, it's just um, one of, um, I was scared to, um, to want the Holy Spirit because I saw people doing ridiculous things and I had no context for it. And, uh, and so it really scared me off the Holy Spirit as, oh, it's a mover and shaker thing, and I'm not sure. And, uh, and, and I stepped away from him, but I was quite happy um, with the Father and the Son. I could kind of, I can go with them. Um, and uh, I suppose as I just continued on my journey with Jesus, um, he started to show me that the Holy Spirit just loved me and, uh, and wanted to be a part of my life. And I started to get more hungry for more. And uh, it became with that, okay, I give you a little bit. It's like walking into the ocean where you start to feel, oh, yes, you're lapping around my feet. Oh, yes, I'm kind of stepping out a little bit. Maybe run away from the waves a little bit. Um, but it was this relationship, this um, this. Um, movement of uh, actually I want more I want to be out of my depth in your love and we're all on a journey and I just want to recognize that we're all on a journey from a like um, I just think it's really important that we know that he's good and he's our helper and he's on your side he's not out to embarrass you shame you condemn you but love you and bring you in to the Father's presence. So if you miss everything else from this talk, know that you are loved. Know that he is for you and he wants a relationship with you. The challenge of the clicker. John 16, 7 to 15. But very truly, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And we see here that Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is going to be our advocate and that he's going to prove that the world is wrong in sin. And throughout the Psalms, the writers used to call out, they call out for God to judge them. 
And when we hear that, we think, why? Why would you do that? Judgment, it sounds so negative. It sounds so heavy. It sounds like a lot of condemnation. But actually, for the ancient worshipper in Israel, they find it really hard to get court like cases into court. So just for that context, they sort of felt like if somebody in authority saw what that person was doing to me, um, they would make a, just a quick decision. Um, but that never really happened. So they just prayed out that God would act as judge. And on a larger scale, um, when foreign nations would attack Israel and take them as slaves, they were oppressed and overrun, but they still held um, that God was just and they called out to be judged. So then the Holy Spirit, um, as the advocate, like in a lawsuit to prove that the world is in the wrong, he's taking their case. He's taking your case. He is championing God's people, just as he champions you. I remember my friend um, going along to a church and she was petrified um, because um, her experience was um, that she really felt like, oh, someone's going to say something really awful to me and it will shine a light on how awful I am. I'm going to be condemned as I sit in this service. And actually... Um, she felt like she was, she was scared and she didn't want anything um, to do with the Holy Spirit. Um, she ran away, but actually she wasn't being scared of the Holy Spirit. She was being scared of, um, of leadership. She was being scared of leaders that maybe just um, misused um, a little bit of, uh, of gifting there. And, uh, and she just carried hurt. And I feel like some, for some of us, that's our story, that we've been hurt, that we've been a bit offended, that we've been a bit, um, a bit wary of leaders and the Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit, leaders and the Holy Spirit. And I felt like this morning, there's maybe a bit of forgiveness that needs to be done. And there's healing and there's freedom. There's definitely freedom available for you this morning, just to lay it down. I felt like the Holy Spirit has been kicked to the, the curb a little bit and that he understands why maybe in all of that you felt like it was him, like it was him that was hurting you or that it was him that you were scared of, but he understands why you would think that, but he just wants to communicate this morning that he never would hurt you. He loves you as the Father loves you. He delights in you. So it just felt there, there's a moment that we can respond to here. Um, and I just want to, um, I just want to apologize to the Holy Spirit for mistreating him in the church. And if you would like to, if you feel like that's part of your journey and that's part of your story, um, that you've been scared, but it hasn't actually, it's just been a misconception of, of who the Holy Spirit is, then you can hold out your hand and just simply put your hand in front of you as I pray this. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. You are so welcome. And we just want to say that we are sorry. We are sorry for the times 
that we haven't understood you. And we are sorry for the times that we've trapped you away in a box because we've been scared of you. And we want to start to let you out. And we want to open that box a little bit. And we want to say sorry, but you are so welcome. And we invite you in. The Holy Spirit has sometimes been added, um, like the added extra to crazy ministry or the optional tick box. We can accept him on a head level, but uh, maybe not a life level, not an access all areas. The Holy Spirit was central to Jesus's ministry. And we look to Jesus as our example for how that relationship looked. And as we spend time with God, our relationship grows and deepens. And the Spirit helps us develop our relationship with God by bringing us into the presence of the Father. Just this past week, I was reminded um, by um, some people just of how the Holy Spirit just delights in showing us how much the Father loves us. And that can be actually from physically somebody seeing um, the words, um, God loves you on something, or from um, just capturing. I don't know if you've ever had those moments that you've seen like maybe a rainbow in the sky, but you've known that that rainbow, as much as everybody else can see it, it's for you. Um, or a picture, or, or a card, or, or some way. I remember my little niece, um, she was playing in the sand dunes in the North Coast, and uh, she lost a little yellow um, clip. And uh, she loved that clip. And uh, she was determined that she would go back and she would find it. Yellow sand dunes. <laughs> Not going to work, right? And she prayed. And she saw it. And I just feel like those are the moments, aren't they, that he just loves. Like, there's no need, there's no um, huge kingdom moment in that. However, it's just the moments that he is just connecting with us and going, I love you. I just love you. There's little signs and wonders. Through Jesus, we have access to the presence of God. By his death, the barrier between us and God is removed and we're able to come into his presence. Come Holy Spirit isn't said by people who are full of their own power. It's a cry of help for God's power, for him to be the fire that propels us to do things beyond what we could imagine are possible. We come to the edge of our capabilities and we say, come come Holy Spirit. We all know the cliff edge moments, don't we? <laughs> yeah? Like, uh, I can't go on. Like, I, you know, there's something that's stopping us from continuing our journey. We all need an advocate, a champion, a helper, a bridge builder to get to the other side. And what we do at these cliff edges really matters because our, um, you know, our town, our country is rising in mental health issues. And, uh, and what we do in these moments um, is either we, we retreat and we go, we can't go on. We have to go back and we'll go into our own little world 
and we'll hide or we'll, um, we'll scramble for success in our work instead or something else. But what we do at the cliff edge really matters because we have an advocate, we have a champion to get us across. Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step. There's some powerful driving forces that are in our lives. It could be money, it could be sex, it could be power. But they're all put in proper perspective by the Spirit as we walk in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's like walking on a higher level. The Spirit wonderfully reveals the heart of the Father as we learn to serve the Spirit of God rather than our cravings. We believe God works from the inside out. He doesn't demand a new moral character overnight, but instead he grips our hearts and desires to change, um, and changes our desires to his. And this is why we create space in the service, in the worship for the Holy Spirit to speak to individuals and change us in ways that we can't change ourselves. And so we let him come and we surrender. A life lived in the spirit is being aware of God's presence at all times, in all places. And when we're aware and responsive to God's presence in our lives, he will begin to change us more and more from the inside out. And we're learning as a church to give the Holy Spirit permission to move in our lives and gatherings increasingly. Um, I want to share, um, I sometimes, I have several times, I may say, shared a quote from Narnia, and I will do it again. Um, but this, um, this was just a, a really great illustration, and um, let's see if I can see it on my phone. So this is when they were all um, stone animals. Okay. What an extraordinary place, cried Lucy. All those stone animals and people too. It's like a museum. Hush, said Susan. Aslan's doing something. He was indeed. He had bounded up to the stone lion and breathed on him. Then, without waiting a moment... He whisked round, almost as if he had been a cat chasing his tail, and breathed also on the stone dwarf, which, as you remember, was standing a few feet from the lion with his back to it. Then he pounced on a tall stone dryad, which stood beyond the dwarf, turned rapidly aside to deal with a stone rabbit on his right, and rushed on to the two centres. But at that moment, Lucy said, Oh, oh Susan, look! Look at the lion. I expect you've seen someone put a lighted match to a bit of newspaper when it's propped up in a grate against an unlit fire. And for a second, nothing seems to have happened. And then you notice a tiny streak of flame 
creeping along the edge of the newspaper. It was like that now. For a second after, Aslan had breathed upon him. The stone lion looked just the same. Then a tiny streak of gold began to run along his white marble back, and then it spread. And then the colour seemed to lick all over him as the, flames lick, as the flame licks all over a bit of paper. And then while his hindquarters were still obviously stoned, the lion shook his mane and all the heavy stony folds rippled into living hair. And then he opened a great mouth, warm and living, and gave a prodig prodigious yawn. And now his hind legs had come to life. He lifted one of them and scratched himself. And then having caught sight of Aslan, he went bounding after him and frisking about him, whimpering with delight and jumping up to lick his face. Of course, the children's eyes turned to follow the lion, but the sight they saw was so wonderful that they soon forgot about him. Everywhere, the statues were coming to life. The courtyard looked no longer like a museum. It looked like a zoo. Creatures were running after Aslan and dancing around him until he was almost hidden in the crowd. Instead of that... Um, Instead of all that deadly white, the courtyard was now a blaze of colours, glossy chestnut, sides of centaurs, indigo horns of unicorns, dazzling plumage of birds, reddy brown of foxes, dogs, yellow stockings, crimson hoods of dwarfs, and the birch girls in silver, and the beach girls in fresh transparent green, and the larch girls in green so bright it was almost yellow, and instead of deadly silence, the whole place rang with the sound of happy roarings, brayings, yelpings, barkings, squealings, cooings, neighings, stamping, shouts, hurrahs, songs, and laughter. That was very difficult to read off a phone. <laughs> um, but you get the sense. Sometimes we don't see immediately what the Holy Spirit is doing, but we start to see glimpses. And we see little streaks of gold throughout. And it's good. Times of ministry or waiting are where we want to cultivate a listening posture before we speak or before we do something. Because of these times of non-hyped ministry, there have just been hugely catalytic times as a movement. When we rest... And when we rise on him, we rest on his arms. We sang earlier about rising um, with the eagle. And what it is, it's like stepping on to his, uh, to his wings. When we say, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit and show us what you see. And this is an eagle. Um, and it was flying from a really high tower in Dubai. But isn't it, doesn't it just give a different perspective? And that's what the Holy Spirit loves to do, just bring a different perspective for you. 1 Corinthians says, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. We say, come Holy Spirit, not because we don't think he's here. <laughs> it's saying, come and have your way. We don't want to hype it up and make it crazy. Believe me, we really don't. Um, and we don't need to be afraid of how people respond to the Holy Spirit in their humanity. That's just, um, it's just part of it. 
But we can distinguish between the spirit and the human response, which shares all the beauty and the brokenness of humanity. As we experience his presence, we will be made more fully human and better reflections of the God image that we were created to be. Without the Holy Spirit active in our church and our willingness for him to work, we really have little else to offer. We could be a really good club. (laughs) Um, But without him, I don't see the point. Because he can bring um, what we just can't. He's the third part of the chord. And Wimber says this, we don't seek God's power, we seek his presence. His power and everything else we need is found in his presence. Okay, another story. You ready? Um, whenever we were part of Belfast Vineyard, um, Ben told me it was a worship evening we were going along to, and Ben told me, oh, I'm on the prayer ministry team this evening. And I thought, right, that's great. You can go along early. We'll go along, and I'll grab a coffee, and I'll sneak in at the back, and I'll sit in the dark, and that'll be brilliant. That'll be my, because I just wasn't feeling great, just was a bit tired. Um, I just wanted to hide. And uh, I walked in, and uh, Andy, who leads Belfast, then he said, oh, brilliant, you're here too. (laughs) And uh, I thought, no. And he said, you'll join the prophetic team. And I said, what? (laughs) Um, Now, um, prayer ministry team, maybe prophetic team. That sounds quite drastic. And uh, he said, we gathered. And I thought, right, this must be a team of at least 20 people and we gathered in a little room before and he says you know I was like when's everyone else getting here and it was a small group of about five maybe and uh, he said how are you feeling I said I feel completely ill completely sick I do not want to give prophetic words tonight I want my coffee at the back in the shadows and uh, and during worship um, we were just encouraged to um, allow the Holy Spirit to give us um, little pictures for people in the congregation. And I mean, you know, my worship was desperate that day. It was like, you know, you've got to come, come Holy Spirit, because um, I haven't done this before and, um, and, and please help me. And uh, so I got um, sometimes what I do to, um, because I'm quite a visual person, which is why I need to keep pictures going to keep myself interested in what I'm talking about. And um, But sometimes then I will ask the Holy Spirit to put like on a TV screen, just a picture, um, and, uh, and then tell me more about it. And um, I got different um, little things, just different encouragements, nothing wild, until the sausage roll, and it was just a sausage roll, and I thought, no, no, I'm not, that, that's me, I'm hungry, that's me, I, I, I'm hungry for a good sausage roll, I don't really like sausage rolls, um, so I was up, we're standing, and we're like, you know, giving out the, the words, and, um, you know, it's going very well, and, um, and, I, and, and Andy said, is there, is there anybody who has something that won't go away? And I thought, oh, no. And all I could hear and see was this flipping sausage roll. It's like, no. And uh, I said, well, I do. 
And, uh, and I just blurted out, it's a sausage roll. Um, but as I said it, there was more that came to the picture. Okay, so as I stepped out, I said, um, it's about a sausage roll, but it's also about somebody going to the top of a building in Belfast and a sausage roll. And that's all I have. And um, Andy said, would anybody like to respond? No, no, not. Everyone laughed instead. It was great. It was a brilliant moment. And uh, I sat down. I thought, well, that was brilliant. And, uh, and actually then somebody came up at the end, at the very end, after all the um, sort of prayer ministry had been going on, and uh, they said, God got my attention. He said, um, I work, I'm a barrister, and I work at the top of a building in um, Belfast, and I've been really struggling. I've just been feeling really low this week. And every time I feel low about a case and I don't know the way forward, I come down the stairs and I go to the vending machine and I get a sausage roll. And he was able, he says, I've never been for prayer ministry before. I've never said yes to this. And he was able to come forward and receive what God had for him for the next week, you know? Like that was just being part of God's story. And if I had kept my mouth shut and thought, I'm hungry, then we should stop by somewhere on the way home and get a sausage roll, we would have missed it. Galatians 5. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, you have 100% Holy Spirit in you, okay? Because I think that's a question as well. Oh, you know, maybe I'm not... Um, completely, maybe I, maybe I don't have the Holy Spirit. And uh, you've got, you know, 100% access, right? The Holy Spirit is within you. The world desires because it does not possess. When a deeper well is sunk, a shallower one is pretty sure to give out. If we walk in the Spirit, we go down to the deepest water-holding stratum and all the surface wells run dry. The Holy Spirit will make us effective in the ongoing ministry of the kingdom of God. But we need to be open to being filled with the Spirit. Okay, so um, we have 100% um, access, 100% Holy Spirit. But there is a filling, isn't there? And that's a strange thing. And it's like walking into the water and walking out. And that's why we say, come fill us. Listening to his voice and following his guidance. Christians are commissioned and empowered by the Spirit of God to do the works of the kingdom. With Jesus, we're empowered by the Spirit to bring the presence of God's future to our streets, our neighborhoods, our towns and cities, hospitals, homes and hearts, wherever he sends us. We are given choices to be this person who says yes to working with Jesus and the Holy Spirit in word and works to demonstrate that the kingdom 
of God is truly near. Seeing the kingdom, seeing the spirit at work, transforms lives, extends kingdom. Healing breaks through, lives are turned upside down. And as we look for what the Father is doing, the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit urges us forward. I want to share another story. Are you ready? You still awake? Um, so uh, um, God has just been speaking to me over the past few months um, through um, different pictures, different words, different dreams about elephants. Okay, <laughs> so this is your pastor saying um, this uh, is about elephants. And I, everywhere I went, I asked God, God, what is it? What is it that's on your heart for the moment? And he said, elephants. <laughs> right, great. We're going deep. Maybe you give your, your better words to other people. And I was like, what are elephants? What's this about? And I turned up at a meeting that I was invited to um, called Church Works. Maybe some of you are aware. It's where all the churches in Bangor can come together and talk about um, how we can do stuff within Bangor together. And at the moment, um, they are looking at um, responding to the mental health crisis within Bangor. And um, they're looking at what they can do. And as this guy, um, Mark from St. Andrews, was sharing, he was sharing about um, how young people really feel um, that there is an elephant in the room and there is a real stigma behind mental health. So I started to think, an elephant, did you say? <laughs> and I went up to him afterwards and I said, um, you know, I've been dreaming about elephants. <laughs> and he said, oh, my goodness. Um, and he said, I I'm starting to get a little bit tingly. He said, I want to show you something. And he showed me that the logo um, on this, um, it's a Bangor Cares um, event and uh, he said the logo the logo was an elephant and uh, I, I got very excited he said did you know that whenever I have approached the Arts Council um, recently they're already making elephants and he said we're hoping to have elephants around Bangor did you know that they used to parade down Bangor and I said, no, I didn't know anything about elephants, really. Um, I just didn't really know the connection at all. However, I know that I'm meant to be here. And I know that Bangor Vineyard will have a role to play in the mental health um, of our young people and our adults in Bangor. And isn't that just beautiful, the way something so simple um, can be just such a God um, moment? And it was just um, very reassuring that we're walking in the right direction. So Bangor Cares Week will be coming up in September and you will hear more about that. As we grow in listening and looking for what the Father is doing, we can become increasingly more sensitive to the Spirit's activity. If we believe that the Father is always at work, then we can learn to perceive what God's doing and join him in his work. It's a bit like getting a blueprint. We can see a bit beyond. This doesn't just happen in church. As we cultivate a life of prayer, purity and worship, our hearts are sensitized to the whispers of the Holy Spirit everywhere we go. In neighborhoods, in, sh in schools, in shops, in workplaces, we can join him in touching someone's life in a dramatic way. He loves them 
and you are invited to play your part, it's where it gets exciting. There's no superstars, just everyday Christians taking Jesus at his word. Mummies, daddies, children, mechanics, medical professionals, shop assistants, hairdressers, learning to obey the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit. We are a church and we champion and celebrate risk, not getting it right, not getting a word spot on, but someone taking a risk that you sense that he's calling you to something and stepping out and growing your dependency on him. I have a lot of moments where I feel like I've failed to sense or follow the Holy Spirit's leading correctly. And uh, I've got that blank, word, blank look whenever I've given somebody a word, right? Or stopping a lady. I remember I was driving somewhere in Belfast and I stopped a lady and I was like, I'm here. Um, I just wondered if you knew somebody um, and, or this name made, it, made any sense to you. And I said the name and she's like, yes, it really does. I was like, cool. I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> and uh, didn't follow it up very well. Um, and, uh, and, and I feel there's these moments um, that uh, you offer to pray for somebody. You know, can I pray for you about that? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go off and cry somewhere. But actually, there's these moments um, that we step out and we maybe feel a bit silly. And that's why we champion the risk. Because that's just inevitable. If we're going to risk it, we have to be willing to put it all on the line and look stupid. Sorry. But it's good. The moments that I regret the most are not those ones. They're not those ones because they just brought me into a closer relationship with God. Going, tell me. Tell me about that. And he knew that I was risking for him, not for looking good. The moments that I regret are the ones where he said to me, tell the car parking attendant that I love him, but I was doing my Christmas shopping. And I said, no, I think I'll just go and continue on in the, the shops in Lisburn. I would prefer that instead. And I did. But it's never left to me. Um, or, uh, you know, that person, somebody like a mum at the school gates, and she's like, oh, I've got a really bad back. Ooh, I know someone who could help with that, but maybe I'll just leave that one today. I've just got my headache. Oh, I need my coffee. I'd rather not. I have those moments too. And I just want to be real about those moments. Those are the moments that I regret because actually you can miss something. I remember God really speaking to me. Um, I was neighbours, for anybody who watches it, is okay to watch. But I was a little bit of a fanatic and it was something that I put above some priorities in my life. And uh, God was really speaking to me about, you know, you need to just, you know, lay that down. I was like, but I love it. And uh, it drove Ben crazy. Um, and uh, in life grip, the best things happen in life grip, Right. Life grip, Heather, this was a good like half a year ago. Heather had a word about, um, uh, she says, I just see a red balloon 
rising up. And there's something about releasing. Now, if anybody is a Neighbours fan, you will know that at the end of Neighbours, um, the soundtrack, there's a lovely red balloon that just floats up. So I knew right from when she said it, I was like, that's for me. But I was like, but I love it. I wrestled. I literally wrestled for about two months. I didn't tell Heather that she was spot on at all until months later. I was like, you know that word? <laughs> that was good. You can hear God. <laughs> and uh, he was speaking to me, but I was just a bit slow in the uptake. So uh, there's these moments. But the thing is that where we, where we go from, where we start from in taking these risks is a place of knowing that we are deeply loved and deeply secure in who we are in Jesus. If we don't, we'll look to these things as like, oh, our glory moments, or we're doing this for um, a story to share. Um, we'll look to it as, uh, you know, something coming out of a place that's a little bit unhealthy. We need to come from a place of knowing how much we're loved if we fly or if we feel. It's an exciting game of dot to dot to get to see a picture emerge from very little, but a sense. We're called to be like children who use the helper that they've been given. We can look absolutely ridiculous following elephants or peacocks or sensing that he's doing something, spinning the car to go after someone because you sensed God was doing something with them kneeling down in your workplace to pray for a colleague's leg as you sensed you should, and there was more ridiculous, daft, insane. But come Holy Spirit and tell me the blueprint for Tesco's today. Come Holy Spirit and shine on the colleagues that you want me to pray particularly for today. Come Holy Spirit and show me what to do with my finances Come, Holy Spirit, and give me a picture for someone in the room today to encourage them. Come, Holy Spirit, because I have nothing, and you're my helper, my bridge to the presence of the Father. So come. We're a people of the presence of God, so we pray, come, Holy Spirit. They're just not magic words, but they're best prayed with a willingness to welcome surprise and unpredictability. Nothing can beat the joy that comes from seeing the Holy Spirit do something that you couldn't do. Like um, seeing somebody, um, last story, um, I was at Open Skies a few years ago, and um, I don't know if you know Open Skies, um, it's a big sort of Christian festival um, in Shane's Castle, and uh, I was on the prayer team, and um, the night before I had gone, I had a dream um, about a lady and she was very disfigured um, and just looked really um, off, maybe quite grey. And she was in, um, she was around the corner um, from Jesus. And actually my um, job was just to um, connect her with Jesus, who was just round the corner. It was actually in a shop. The, the dream was set in a shop, and it was just kind of like round the corner. There was Jesus standing in a different aisle. And, uh, and I woke up, and I was like, that's weird. Um, but uh, 
always write your dreams down because uh, it's quite interesting. And anyway, I turned up at this event and um, this lady was sitting beside me. I wasn't on the prayer team at that time, um, but she was sitting beside me in worship and she said, do you know where I could find the prayer team? And I looked at her and she looked like um, grey. She just looked really jaded. And I said, I am the prayer team, even though this seems weird. <laughs> and uh, I said, let's go outside and we'll, we'll pray. And, uh, and she said, um, and she told me her story. She told me that she tried to commit suicide about 23 times. Um, she had um, some mental health issues. And um, yeah, she needed God. <laughs> and I uh, was like, oh, this would be a, a come Holy Spirit moment, wouldn't it? And I, I prayed, come Holy Spirit. And, uh, and nothing happened. I was like, great. Um, I said, I, I do get a sense that um, you might want to go to your own tent. Not the big one, but your own and encounter Jesus. And, uh, and just welcome him. And, uh, you know, she was really low. Like, she was really just hanging her head. And off she went. And I thought, oh, that, well, I prayed my best, but it didn't really do much. It was like that cliff edge, wasn't it? And uh, later on... I was standing in a different seminar tent and this woman like is binding, shrieking and like <laughs> coming towards me. And I was like, I don't, who are you? I have no idea. And it, she just didn't look the same at all. That's all I can say. It was that she, her whole, her whole face, it just seemed like color had come to it. It was totally different, different. Um, she said, you know, I went to my tent and it was in that moment that um, something happened and um, I feel completely different. And, uh, and it was a moment that really shook me. I was like, whoa, that's amazing to join the dots like that a little bit. And I, you did, you know, that day I was around the side of the seminar tent just crying out of utter, whoa, you're amazing, God. And uh, we bow down, don't we? Because we recognize the power of God in those moments. And to follow on with her, she continues to go on and speak prophetically over different congregations and um, she's doing okay. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. We're all called to join in. He's got more. Anytime you feel... There's no more. I've reached the, the wall. There's more. It's just a temporary wall. Pete Gregg, in the 24-7 prayer, the vision, says such heroes are as radical on a Monday morning as a Sunday night. We take the Holy Spirit as our advocate, as our champion into our worlds. I wonder if you would stand... seems a little bit uh, silly not to, uh, to actually allow the Holy Spirit some space in this talk. Yeah. There's a song that goes, you can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world. Take this heart and breathe on this heart that is now yours. 
And we just want to surrender more and more to him. So if you'd like to put out your hands, you're so welcome to. There's no pressure at all. And wherever you are on your journey, just feel complete freedom to sit down, to not, in, you know, just feel free. There's no pressure here. But if you'd like to, you can put out your hands and we'll pray. Yeah. Just come, Holy Spirit. You are so welcome. And we just wait. 